Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 247, Mainly Turkeys. And I am your host and the guy who is back home. I survived the flesh-eating bacteria in the Gulf of Mexico. I also survived the hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico. I had a very nice week at the beach. It was very relaxing. I may have consumed my fair share of Bloody Marys, Bud Lights, wine, and mimosas, but I can neither confirm nor deny those accusations. So today I'm going to share with you guys the story of a main double from my late May trip to New England. If you listen to episode number 245, then you know about my second New York turkey and Chip's second New York turkey. Killing a second turkey in the states we travel to on these trips is rare. In fact, I can only think of, off the top of my head, five states that I've been to where I've killed more than one bird on that same trip in the same state. Usually, As I've mentioned before, after I kill, I'm either helping one of the other guys get his bird or we're all headed to the next state. But on this trip, Chip and I killed two birds each in two days in New York. And we packed up and we headed to Maine with a general idea of where to go based on a suggestion from our guide in New York. He was kind enough to share the name of the town that he had hunted near before and That was all we needed to get started. And I think I told you guys in an earlier episode as well that we got to Maine about an hour before dark and we spotted several turkeys in a field behind someone's house. I knocked on her door, but no one was home. So I wrote a note, left the note on the door. We drove to the hotel and hoped for a return phone call, but there was none. Now, it didn't matter really that we didn't get a return call because While we were driving to this town in Maine, I spoke to our guide in Vermont that we were due to hunt with for the first day, our fourth day of the trip. So this is late Tuesday afternoon that we're driving to Maine. We're going to hunt in Maine on Wednesday and then Wednesday night, drive to Vermont and hunt in Vermont Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if we needed it. So I was talking to our guide in Vermont and was telling him that we were headed to Maine to hunt for the day. And he said, well, I actually just got back from hunting in Maine a couple of weeks ago. 
why don't I send you the pins of the places where me and my brother hunted when we were there? So he actually texted me pins on Google Earth and on X for me and Chip to go check out. After arriving at our hotel at dark and caping out my New York turkey in the parking lot of Lowe's, we retired for the night. Daylight the following day found us at one of the spots that our Vermont guide sent to us, listening to 20 mile per hour winds and one very faint gobble off in the distance. We left that spot after getting only one gobble and went to check another piece of property that was close by where we also heard only one gobble. So we actually went back to our first stop to listen for more gobbling in hopes that the birds would gobble a little bit more when they hit the ground. And it was just not a great gobbling on the roost kind of day. In fact, at these two particular spots, it was just not a great gobbling day. The wind was pretty brutal. So like I said, we got one more response at this spot, and then we decided we would leave this particular area to go check a third spot that our Vermont guide gave us, and then come back to this one if we couldn't get anything else going at any of these other spots that we had to check. So that's exactly what we did. Got in the truck, and we headed to the third pin, which was about a 20-minute drive from the first two pins that the guide sent us. Now, as we're driving towards the third pin, Chip is spotting turkeys in people's yards. So we're driving to spot number three. We come to the end of one road, and it tees into another road. We turn right because that's what Google Maps tells us to do. And we are greeted in the road by a long bearded wild turkey. Now, I probably could have marked Maine off of the list right there by keeping my foot on the accelerator instead of the brake pedal, but that's not how I wanted to kill my Maine turkey. So we stopped in the road, let the Tom go ahead and walk across the road into this lady's front yard, and there are posted signs everywhere around her property. It's like this turkey knew that her property was posted. The property the turkey came off of was not posted, but we didn't get to meet him there. We met him in the middle of the road as he was making his way towards the posted property. Now, Chip is never happy driving by a turkey in a field or in someone's yard or on the side of a road just one time. So after we drive past this turkey as he walks into this lady's yard, we have to drive down the road a little ways, turn around, and drive back by the turkey again. And when we do that, we realize that that tom that we saw that was standing in the middle of the road that's now in this lady's yard is concentrating on one area in her yard pretty heavily. And it appears that she is feeding wildlife in her yard because there's one tom in this area and there are about six or seven geese feeding in this one area as well. So we drive by this tom again. We get to the road that teed into this particular road we were on before we met the tom in the road and we turn left onto that road that we were just on a few minutes ago. Chip wants to drive by this tom one more time. Now, Remember, we drove by him once on our way to spot number three. We turned around, drove back by him a second time, going away from spot number three. So we have to turn around 
and go back by him again to get to spot number three. And when we do, it just so happens that the driveway that we pull into in order to turn around and go back towards spot number three has turkeys in it. It has three strutting toms and about six hens. And this property is not posted. So when we pull into the driveway, the turkeys are not phased at all by the vehicle. And we stop and Chip is looking at the turkeys and it appears to us that the turkeys are eating bird seed from a bird feeder on the side of the garage of this house. While Chip is watching the turkeys feed at probably 25 or 30 yards max from where we're stopped in this person's driveway, I pull up on X to see who the owner is and see how much property this person has. Well, they only have maybe three to five acres. There's really not much property that this house sits on at all. And there are laws about hunting within a certain distance of a house, a farmhouse, a barn, or really any structure. And I'm not about to go to jail in Maine over a turkey. Heck, I'm not about to go to jail anywhere over a turkey. Now, in looking at OnX, I do notice that this little three to five acre piece of property that this house sits on, where all of these turkeys are feeding and strutting, is surrounded by about a 40 to 50 acre piece of property that the one Tom that we met in the road came off of before he walked across the road into the lady's yard that had all of the posted signs around her yard. So we backed out of the driveway, we drove down to where the Tom crossed the road in front of us, and looked at the property there that that Tom came off of, and it was not posted. That property, again, surrounds this three to five acre piece of property where this house and these turkeys are. So we pull off the side of the road, we get out, get our guns, get our vests, and walk across a very small hayfield to a pond dam that runs along the back property line of that three to five acre piece of property that this house sits on that had the turkeys in the driveway. And we set up probably 150 yards from the house. We sit down and we start calling and the turkeys respond. And at one point in time, they were gobbling pretty well at us, but they just weren't closing the distance. They were moving back and forth in the yard of that house on that three to five acre piece of property, but they just were not coming really any closer to us. At one point in time, I thought there might be a chance that they're breaking away and going to come our direction, but we decided to play the quiet game with them. And I don't know if they lost interest or if they just were never going to come to us anyway, but they shut up. We got them gobbling again about 20, 25 minutes later, and then the gobbling petered out. But before it died out completely, we noticed that the turkeys had moved. They had moved from the driveway, which was to our left, out of the yard of the house that's on that three to five acre piece of property, and to our right, which is the direction that we met that tom in the middle of the road. So we kind of suspected after all of the toms went quiet that that group of turkeys had gone across the road into the posted lady's yard to feed as well. We decided at that point we were going to back out, go back out to the truck, and drive by the posted lady's house, which we did. And to no surprise to us, there are four 
long-bearded turkeys and about six or seven hens feeding with two geese in this lady's yard in the exact same spot where we left the one tom feeding with a bunch of geese. So I've already mentioned to you that Chip doesn't like to drive by just one time. So we have to drive by again. This time I'm paying very close attention to the neighboring property that borders the posted lady's house because I kind of feel like that might be our opportunity at getting a chance at those birds. So we stop again in the driveway of the house that sits on that three to five acres where we saw that flock of turkeys. I pulled up Onyx again. I looked to see kind of the layout of the neighboring property next door to Posted Lady's house and to see who owns it. And it looks like the owner lives on it. And it's about a 45-acre piece of property. It is narrow and deep. So as far as road frontage goes, there's not much of it. But the property's pretty deep, running from the road back past the house. And there's a good section of woods back behind the house. So I told Chip, I said, that's probably how we're going to get to those turkeys. And I think that we need to go and knock on the door of that house and see if we can get permission to hunt those birds. Now, it's still early. It's probably not even 5.45 or 6 o'clock in the morning at this point. I'm not about to go knock on the door of someone's house at 5.45 or 6 o'clock in the morning to ask permission to hunt their property. So we decided we would leave the area, go on and check pin number three, pin number four, pin number five, and there is a little piece of public land that we wanted to go check as well. So we went and checked the areas, the pins that our Vermont guide had sent us to see if we could strike a bird. We didn't have any luck. We did spot some more birds on the road headed to pin number three, but after knocking on a few doors to see if we could get permission to hunt, we couldn't find anyone. No one was home. So after checking the other spots, pins number three, four, and five, not getting any birds, Chip said, let's go back and check pins number one and two. And don't we have to drive by the posted lady's yard on our way to check pins number one and two? And I said, yeah, we do. So we headed back by there again. When we get to Posted Lady's Yard, we check the area where we suspected there were some feed out for the wildlife, and there were no turkeys, only one goose. So we continue to drive, we go around the curve in the road, and we get to this narrow and deep piece of property that I thought would be our key to being able to get on these birds. And Eagle Eye Chip, who can spot a turkey a mile away, says, there they are. So I stop the truck and look, and sure enough, the turkeys are in the front yard of the house sitting on this narrow and deep piece of property. So we continue down the road. We stop because we have to drive by the turkeys again, and we drive by the turkeys again. We stop. We have to drive by them one more time because that's what Chip likes to do. And as we're driving by this time, I just pulled into the driveway. When I pulled in the driveway, Chip said, are you about to ask him if we can hunt those turkeys? And I said, yeah, there's three strutters in his yard. I don't know where the one solo Tom went, but there's three strutters in his yard with six or seven hens. I'm about to knock on their door and ask if we can hunt these turkeys. 
So I pull up in their driveway. I get out of the truck. Chip gets out of the truck. The garage door on the front of the house is open. There are no vehicles in it, but there are some building materials on a couple of sawhorses in the garage. And I walk by the garage, go to the front door, knock on the front door, no answer. And Chip and I are talking while we're standing on the front porch, and I hear a saw running, like a table or a chop saw running. And I said to Chip, do you hear that saw running? And he said, I hear something. Remember, he doesn't hear very well. And I said, they're outside. They're not inside the house. They're outside working on something. Let's go walk around the other side of the garage and see if we can find them. So we walk around the garage. And as soon as I round the garage, I see a man and a lady with a couple of sawhorses, some lumber, and believe it or not, a saw. And when I rounded the corner, of course, I didn't want to startle them. And I said, hello, And the guy stops and he looks up at me and I said, now remember, I'm dressed in full camo and boots, rubber boots up to my knees. And Chip has on full camo and boots. And I said to this man, I bet you cannot guess what I'm about to ask you. And he looked at me and he said, you should have been here at 6 a.m. They were standing in the front yard at 6 a.m. Now, this is about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at him and I said, they're standing in your front yard right now. And he says to me, go get them. And I said, thank you very much. We will definitely do that. Would you like the meat if we're lucky enough to kill them? And he said, no, we don't want the meat. We have so much moose meat and deer meat in our freezer. We don't have room for any turkey. So I said, okay, thank you very much. Then all of a sudden, Chip wants to talk. Now, keep in mind, we have three strutting turkeys in the front yard of this house that have just watched us walk by them twice, once from the vehicle to the front door, and then once from the front door around the front of the house to the garage, and the turkeys haven't flinched. They haven't moved. They are locked up in full strut in the front yard of this house. To give you some perspective, they are probably 50 yards from the front porch. They're in range of a 12-gauge from the front porch of the house. And Chip wants to strike up a conversation with this gentleman that's just given us permission to hunt his property. Chip loves to ask the question in his slow southern drawl. I bet you can't guess that we're not from around here. And the guy says, oh yeah, I can definitely tell you're not from around here. Where in the southeast are you from? And Chip said, we're from Alabama. And next thing I know, about 10 minutes has gone by. Chip has gotten this gentleman to open up about his past, that he used to be a baseball coach. And Chip's father-in-law used to play Major League Baseball and has and still does coach baseball, minor league ball. So Chip asks him if he knows his father-in-law. And the gentleman says, yes, I know him. I know him pretty well. In fact, he's my brother's idol. So then they're going to chit-chat for another five minutes about Chip's father-in-law. Meanwhile, I am getting a little twitchy because I'm ready to go kill a turkey. I'm ready to go kill two turkeys, one for me and one for Chip. And I feel pretty confident in our odds of success in being able to kill these turkeys. But I don't want to be rude to this gentleman who's just given us permission to hunt his property. So what do I do? Well, I slowly start to just 
ease on back in the direction of the vehicle. And I guess at that point in time, Chip kind of got the hint as well because he starts to slowly ease back towards the vehicle with me. So finally, after he tells the gentleman, thank you, we'll be sure to stop by before we leave and we'll talk to you some more then. So we go to the truck, get our guns, get our vests. Don't really know why we need our vests, but we get our vests. And here comes the gentleman that gave us permission to hunt his property around the corner of his garage. And he says, hey guys, one of you may want to walk around this side of the ridge that the turkeys are down on and sit while the other one stays on top of the ridge and calls because the turkeys like to drop off of the ridge that they're on right now and walk along the edge of the ridge going past the house, which actually would put them down below the house in elevation. And so we said, okay. And it struck me as odd at that point in time that he would come and say that to us. Because why wouldn't we just walk straight to the turkeys, find a spot to sit down and call and try to call them just up the toe of the ridge to where they're in gun range. And in addition to that, how does he know that when we start calling to the turkeys, that they are not going to come in, that they're going to drop off the toe of the ridge that they're on and move past us, past his house, and up into the woods behind his house. Well, we don't listen to him, and we decide to walk straight to the turkeys. Well, there's a couple of pretty big rocks and a big wood pile between the house and the turkeys, and we get that wood pile between us and the turkeys and we make our way to the woodpile. The woodpile is probably 35 yards from the turkeys. So we get to the woodpile, and I said, I'm going to just ease up over the top of the woodpile and see where the turkeys are. So I ease up, and I look in that direction, and they're about 35 yards away in full strut. And Chip says, let's just sit right here behind this woodpile and call, and they should just walk right up here to us. And now I'm going to give away this part of the hunt when I say that in hindsight, what we should have done was just both stand up from a sitting position behind the woodpile and shot turkeys, but we didn't. Well, they're still in full strut. I mean, they are locked up in strut. They have not been out of strut any time that we have seen that group of three birds with the hens. Neither Chip nor I want to shoot turkeys in full strut. We'll do it, but it's not what we prefer to do. And remember that statement here in just a minute. So we sit and call. Well, after five minutes of light calling. All right, that's all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the story of my main turkey hunt, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, you first need to text the word Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. Make that one word, no space between turkey and hunter. Text that to the number 44222. Then I'm going to eventually send you a link via email that you can click and create your username and password for the Podbean application and pay your $18 per year subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 subscription will get you not only the premium content for this week's episode, but it'll get you the premium content for 
all of our past episodes as well. And there's over two years of premium content for our past episodes. And your subscription will get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. There is a bunch of content that is locked up under the premium content subscription. And I do not think you'll be disappointed if you spend $18 to access it. Now, if you would, do me a favor. If you enjoyed this week's episode, if you would share it via the share feature on your podcast player application. But this week, I'd like for you to share it on your newsfeed on Facebook and share it on your newsfeed on Twitter. That would be a huge help for me. And I would thank you very much for doing that. And I also have to say, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.